0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a special episode for Locked On Pods Network. We've got a crossover episode here from Locked On Tar Heels and Locked On Wolfpack. I am joined by my good friend Kenton Gibbs, Candace Cooper here, ready to talk to you guys about the Carolina-NC State matchup happening on ESPN tomorrow at 2 p.m., We are looking forward to our two teams facing off. More importantly, we are looking to bring you a great conversation to today's episode. Now let's jump right into it. Ken Gibbs, how you doing? How you feeling about the Wolfpack? Let's just start there.
1: I'm great as always. Every day above ground is a good day for me. But how do I feel about the Wolfpack? That's a little bit different of a story. When I look at that team, as I've said before on Locked on Wolfpack, the boys in blue and us have been trending in opposite directions ever since our last encounter and that's really that's that's really a shame. So, you know, I, I'm not feeling too great about NC State coming off of a long layoff because of COVID as well as getting their heads kicked in the last couple of times they took the court. But it is what it is.
0: Now listen, no doubt. Ten days it's been since you guys played your last game. You've had to shut things down at one point, not being able to practice, not being able to, you know, get things in and look at tape. Frankly, from the FSU matchup, that was a barn. What what more did you describe the FSU loss?
1: Uh, a beatdown, <laughs> a a bullying. A you got ran up off the court. Um, you had to pass the sticks. Whatever you would like to describe a whooping and a good old-fashioned whooping, whatever you would like to to use to describe a a win in which both sides didn't really stand an equal chance of winning, that is what I would use to describe that game.
0: No doubt. Well, on today's episode, talking about Carolina-NCC, we're obviously going to revisit what happened the last time these two teams met. What is going to happen this go-round here come Saturday? More importantly, though, what are you looking for For me personally, I guess I could say for myself, from the heels and what will it tell you about the team? So we're going to talk about all of that today. Now, again, last time Carolina and NC State met, it was all NC State, I would say. NC State pretty much ran the game, and then next thing you knew, Carolina was trying to battle back, but the deficit was too big. Carolina put itself in a position where, at the end of the day, they had to have that tough talk with themselves, that come to Jesus. You can't keep getting yourself in holes and thinking you're going to get bailed out. It was Devin Daniels' 21 points, so, you know guys like Shaquille Moore having one of the best games freshman performances I've seen in a long time. Overall, though, what did that staple win was it a staple win, I should ask, <laughs> for the Wolfpack to beat the heels.
1: Any win over the boys and baby blue is a big. One. It's a big win, regardless of who you are, but especially if you're talking NC State, it's an in-state rivalry. It's a rivalry of the triangle. It's a rivalry of a team that is right down the road, 30 minutes from you. It is great to beat a college blue blood, period. Regardless if they're having a down year or not. Especially if they're considered to be your rival as the boys and baby blue are to us. So with that being said. Yes, it definitely was a staple win.
0: Now, why do people call them boys and baby blue? Is that a thing? Can we
1: talk? Uh, yeah, you know, some people <laughs> people call uh people call them a lot of different names. Mm. You know, you you got the universe. It's I'm not even gonna get into it because some of them are. You we got to keep the show PG. But um, there was a large drug bust that had people calling them the University of Narcotics and Cocaine and whatnot, and and at the end of the day. There's there's a lot of different names you can go with. It's just a friendly thing of rivalries that I do.
0: I understand. But either way it goes, Carolina lost to NC State, 79-76. It was, again, all, Tar-he- all Wolfpack, and then the Tar Heels tried to battle back. It wasn't enough. But who made you feel good about the Wolfpack coming out? Because I felt like Shaquille Moore was about to take over the ACC after that game.
1: The thing is, Shaquille Moore has not really regressed at all from that game. He has not taken a step back at all. It's the Wolfpack team. It's the guys surrounding him. And not to say that Shaquille Moore is this outstanding star that cannot be stopped, contained, or whatever. You know Shaquille Moore's limitations by looking at him. He is listed on the roster as 6'1". I've seen him in person. That 6'1 must have been with Timberlands and a few pairs of socks in the boots as well. But at the end of the day... There, Shaquille Moore played great. Um, Cam Hayes played all right. The biggest thing for me was there was no uh, one of the bigs was missing. It was either Manny Manny Bates or DJ Funderburk, and whoever was the one that was playing did an amazing job. They did an amazing job. Jericho Helms did a great job on Garrison Brooks to to hold a the preseason ACC Player of the Year to less than 20 points to, I believe it was less than 15 on 30 or 40% shooting. That's big time from a guy that is a wing doing that to a big. Uh, but even beyond that, those those players, the the team as a whole made me feel good because they did what they were supposed to do. That's my biggest thing with this NC State team. There are lapses in time where they just don't. They don't do the things The little things. They don't play the passing lanes properly. They don't reach in the right moments to create steals. So they end up getting in foul trouble and not creating turnovers, not creating that fast offense. And also they don't do much in half court offense, which is even bigger of a problem.
0: Well, we talk about scoring, right? So Carolina only scored 44 percent on the night first time out. NC State scored 46%. Now, when I look at their most recent game, you talked about regression. NC State only been scoring 44% on their last matchup against the Seminoles. And you talked about the fact that you haven't seen necessary improvements. Do you think there's, an opp- there's going to be a similar shooting struggle for the NC State Wolfpack come Saturday?
1: The beautiful thing about this matchup, NC State's weaknesses, or NC State's strength, rather, Play right against Carolina's weaknesses. NC State's strength is pressuring your guards, forcing your guards to make bad decisions. The Boys and Baby Blues' weakness is those guards are young and will make bad decisions. And another thing that I found very interesting that I've, I've talked about at Nazim about this NC State team the old guys have to play old. They have to play like they're seasoned veterans. They have to play like they know what they're doing and the moment isn't getting too big for them. Because Shaquille Morris hit a game-win already. Cam Hayes has had some good dimes, some good shot selection towards the end of some very important games already. It was Braxton Beverly who missed four free throws straight, had a couple bad passes, one of which led to a turnover in the easy bucket for the boys in blue. And then you've got uh, Devin Daniels who, at the end of the Clemson game, three possessions straight at the end of regulation and to begin overtime with turnovers. That is what this NC State team cannot have. The young guys, if they show up, if they play well, the elder statesmen of the group have to be the elder statesmen.
0: Well, you know, DJ Thunderbird and Braxton Beverly – and Manny Bates. I know Manny is supposed to be what a game time decision. I think he's going to go if healthy. DJ is obviously good to go, but Braxton was dealing with some injuries as well. So that could be a hindrance towards your offense. But I look to Carolina's offense, right? Their young guys have stepped up in ways where I felt as if it was going to be high time for Garrison Brooks and Andrew Playtech to have big games, Leaky Black himself to have big nights. And they've kind of been doing what they need to do defensively, you know, Playing, you know, per se, complete games, but not necessarily being the leaders that I, or I'm sure Coach Williams, has put the pressure on them to be. I will say the progress of the RJ Davises and Caleb Loves of the world has been refreshing. I think they can now handle themselves against a Cam Hayes and Shaquille Moore. But still, we don't know. Sometimes it's a good night. Sometimes it's an off night. We've seen the progression with their points you know, per game, but will they go back to having, you know, mental mistakes and overthinking and making, having high turnover rates? I don't know. I, I wish I could feel confident in our guys going to Saturday and dominating, but I think it's going to be yet another strong defensive performance from both sides.
1: I could not agree with that more. NC State has to create turnovers to create offense. At this point in time, they do not have the half-court offense to where they can just play a team, especially a team like the boys in blue, straight up and down and say, we're going to, number one, limit your possessions by forcing bad shots and ending the possession with a defensive rebound. And then on top of that, we're going to create good offense in the half court. We're going to run sets that get our guys good, easy looks. Or we're going to have playmakers who can, even when the play breaks down, even when there's only 10 seconds left on the shot clock and you got to make something happen, this young man is going to put us in position to where either he is getting to the basket easy, he's getting to his spot easy, or he's going to a place where he knows the defenders have to double him and he'll kick out of it to wherever the defenders have vacated.
0: No doubt. Well, as we're both thinking, that's going to be a highly performed you know defensive matchup we got to figure out where we can bet i'd on bet this game. the under
1: if i was betting <laughs> this game i'd definitely bet the under unless the under over is about 90 i'd bet the under
0: is that so well north carolina the over under is 146 and a half according to our friends at bet online a dot and the plus or minus is minus five for carolina now if you want to go to Bet, make sure you go to this place. BetOnline.ag It's the one place that we know and trust. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget, you got to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, We've got to dive into the fact that Locked On Today is a brand new show happening here at the Locked On Podcast Network. You got to get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. So many good shows coming out of the Locked On Podcast Network. A lot of good things. Irons in the fire. There are a lot of great people here at Locked On Podcast Network. And one with me right now, again, Kenton Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack, trying to decipher how it's going to go for the Tar Heels and the Wolfpack come Saturday at 2 p.m. on ESPN. Now, we talked previous matchup. Let's get into what's going to happen now. We talked a little bit about how we feel like it's going to be a defensive game. Who, for you, has to step up for you to feel like that That the team as a whole is going to make a run, going to do well come ACC tournament, NCAA action?
1: Well, if I'm talking in terms of the tournament and I'm talking in terms of who has to play well in order for NC State to have success in the tournament, it again, it's on the older guys. The younger guys are expected to do something They're expected to put up a decent amount of points. They're expected to compete defensively, as Shaquille Moore has done, as Cam Hayes has done. But the fact of the matter is the old guys have to, as as a lot of people like to say, go legend. They have to do something that is not ordinary, that is not, oh, yeah, that's what a a team's leading scorer should just about do. That's cool. No, 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 no. Devin Daniels, you're a three-level scorer? Show it. Go score from all three levels. Get us some buckets from deep. Get us some mid-range if the clock is winding down. Get to the basket. Make something happen because when Devin Daniels is at his best as a passer has actually been, and it statistically bears out, when he is shooting the highest percentage. Devin Daniels is the type of offensive player that when he is going hot and he's clicking, you have to double him. You have to. There's not a, oh, well, we, we might. Well, we we could possibly figure out you either got to zone him or you got to double him when that happens you will find a Manny Bates under the rim you will find a, a DJ Funderberg under the rim you will find a slashing Cam Hayes a slashing c Brown, a slashing Jericho Helms. but he has to score Braxton Beverly he has to shoot the ball well from deep and playmate his defensive his his Play on the defensive end is about what I expect. I'm not expecting him to be some super stopper. That's not what he was advertised as. That's not what I'm going to ask of him. But the playmaking has to increase. He has to make better decisions than he did in our last matchup because, again, if I am giving the ball to my seniors in the clutch, it is a reason you have it. You have to prove to me that you deserve to have it, not just, oh, you're the oldest guy, so we're going to give you the ball. Because after what happened last time, Stand on the court afterwards to shoot those four free throws. I mean, to shoot free throws after missing four straight. It's cool. It's great. It's great optics. You still got to make them during the game.
0: And you know, I think that if I'm talking players that have to have a good game tomorrow, Leaky Black is going to have to cover Devin Daniels. He's going to have to defend him well. He has done that a lot in the past two games. He did that with Buddy Bayheim in Syracuse game. He did that for our Wake Forest matchup. I do believe that if Leaky shuts down Devin Daniels, we are going. We are in for a Carolina win. I, however, if that's not the case. I'm going to need Andrew Playtech to go ahead and guard your man Braxton Beverly. I do need our bigs to have a big day. We have not yet had a complete game where our guards, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, are doing well as well as our bigs hammering it in and getting fed correctly, in my opinion. Armando Baycott, Garrison Brooks, De'Ron Sharp, Sometimes Dayron's there. Sometimes Dayron is, you know, back there on Tuesday figuring out how to get going. Coach Williams mentioned a lot today in his press conference how that the team doesn't have the kind of energy that he's normally seen. I know and I feel like, and I want to do a little bit of an aside, the energy is different for players this season. They don't have crowd advantage, they don't have home court, you know, abilities where people are yelling at them and getting in their face. But the first time out, NC State played at home. That advantage was basically you had to be a great hooper, and Carolina did not show it was quite there. Playing at the Smith Center, I feel like Carolina might have the advantage tonight because you feel more energy from the guys as they played a couple home matchups. They've taken a lot of trips on the road, but what do you think... Do you think Carolina has an advantage from playing the Smith Center and the historic value that comes with all of that? Or do you feel like NC State doesn't care this go around and they're still going to come out swinging after not playing for so long?
1: The fact of the matter is uh, my English teacher, ninth grade English teacher, Miss Vicki Green, gave me a quote that has stuck with me for all of my life since then. She told me the best predictor of future behaviors is the past. Now, you talk about there being no fans, therefore there is no home court advantage. Do not tell NC State that if you're a fan of the boys and baby boo. Let me tell you why. NC State has not won a single road game this season. They have not won a single road game. So while it does, and and granted, I know that that sounds like I'm being harsh and like I'm being rough, but they've only played three so far. So with that being said, it still goes to say, at the end of the day, just by an advantage or just by the fact that you are playing an NC State team that has the young guys as some of the leaders, that has the young guys having to make a massive amount of plays, their going on the road affects them, even if you're not talking about the Cameron crazes, even if you're not talking about the Dean Don't Pact with what's the capacity there, 20,000, 25? Sure. Whatever the case may be there, the, uh, a packed being dome with everybody going crazy and, and George saying the ceiling is the roof or whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, this NC State team has been horrible on the road. They need to get it fixed. They need to get it fixed Saturday.
0: And You know, I think when you play teams like Carolina, NC State, obviously it's going right down the road. and It does make a difference whether or not a crowd's there. But, again home Carolina feels better at home you saw them win against Notre Dame you saw them win against Wake Forest but I will say NC State got blasted by FSU after FSU went down for 10 days with no games do you think it's going to be the same type of energy because Coach Keith said that there are going to be more players in NC State had last time than they did when they played against St. Louis so there's going to be more bodies available so you're not going to have the same kind of fatigue you had the first time that Carolina played NC State. Could it possibly be a thing where NC State shoots out the gym? And it's like, listen, we've been hungry. We've been waiting for our opportunity to dominate the heels. And here we are.
1: Well, I gave you a quote from uh, Vicky Green. And let me <laughs> – um, uh, shout out to Ms. Green again. Let me give you a quote from another very, very talented human being, a young man by the name of Kodak Black. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's all I can hope for with this NC State team. I hope that they have figured out whatever the problem was going into um into this pause and delay because of COVID. Uh, my good friend Brett Freelander theorized that they were playing a little sluggishly, a little lethargically because some of them had possibly already had COVID, just not tested positive. Which I don't, I'm not sure if that was the case. But what I do know is the case is during this time during this downtime, during this time in which there is not a new opponent to prepare for every two to three days, you have time for reflection. You have time for introspection. You have time for player by player going down your roster saying, what were we thinking here? How can we do better here? When we see this action, what do we do here? What's the rotation? How do we react? What is this player's strengths and weaknesses as far as ball handling, passing, where do they not like to go? How do we get them there?
0: I mean, very true, very true sentiments, but I think that at the end of the day, Carolina has just set themselves up for the progress that we've been talking about. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that Carolina is prepared for, interested in not, I don't think Carolina is interested in dealing with a close game. I think this might be the first time Carolina goes out and says, hey, We're the Carolina of old. We gave you a little taste during Wake Forest, but now we're truly here to show that we're back and better than ever.
1: That's that's very possible. At the end of the day, I look at this game and I look at this NC State roster. One word comes to mind, health. Coach Kevin Keats in a press conference earlier this week said that they would have more players available than they had to go play St. Louis. When they played St. Louis, there was only eight. I want to say Mm -hmm. there was eight players. So if they have anywhere near a full complement of players, if they have all of their guys who played the bulk of the minutes, they'll be, excuse me, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. I honestly and truly believe that they'll be fine and this would be a good game. However, I don't trust that Jericho Hellams can do the job on Garrison Brooks twice. I don't trust that. I don't trust that an NC state team which, even with all of our full, all of our full uh, battalion of weapons, or all of our full cache of weapons, would still be outsized on the boards, outsized inside side. I don't trust that with a depleted version of that, we can still win this game.
0: <sighs> that feel, that feels good. I feel good. But before we wrap up today's show, I do want the opportunity to talk to you about how the AC as a whole is looking, more importantly, where you find NC State and Carolina in that landscape, and maybe how they might fare come March and April. Make sure you guys download, subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels and Locked on Wolfpack podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We want you guys to be able to hear us every single day for up to 30 minutes. We give you that daily content, the inside scoop. I have hosts here, Kenton Gibbs, talking to me about the Wolfpack, more importantly, What's going down tomorrow at 2 p.m.? Greatest crossover episode ever, if I might add. So, Ken, when it's all said and done, how are we looking at the ACC this year? I know NC State and Carolina are sitting kind of pretty at the bottom, but is the ACC as a whole not as good as we thought? And what are you hoping for your team as they get through the season after this game? Are you are you looking to see greatness, or are you like, listen, it's just another win, we got to keep rolling?
1: Well, what I see out of the ACC this year this is not your. This is not your granddad's ACC. This is not even your father's ACC. Depending on how old you are, this isn't the ACC where the t- typical blue bloods, the boys in blue, in the dark blue and the baby blue, in in Duke and Carolina, are sitting at the top. Where you got Louisville competing. Th- this is not that. This is not that. There are new players in the game now. Yes, UVA is has been a a team that historically in the ACC has done well, has performed well. But they're pretty much the only team that's at the top of the conference that has been a, a quote-unquote, not even a blue blood, but just a team that historically has had a lot of success in the conference. So with that being said, where do I see NC State and Carolina and all this? I honestly don't think that either of these teams are consistent enough to be at the top, but... Carolina has the size and the athleticism to wear some teams down and play some good ball in the tournament. The only problem with them, that backcourt limits. That backcourt limits. I, they're
0: growing. They're growing.
1: I understand that they're growing. Growing <laughs> isn't grown. Mm. At the end of the day, if you listen to the grown-ish theme song, they say, watch out, world. I'm grown now. Not I'm growing now. Even though the show is about college kids and, of course, they're growing. But the, the fact of the matter still remains. Those guards, that backcourt, they're growing. They're not growing. They are going to run up against the, the guys that are grown. the guys that, like I said before, one of the most valuable things to NCAA teams nowadays is not the guy who's going to be the number one overall pick. Because the number one overall pick, he comes in for three months, plays good basketball, leaves. That's it. The guy who goes overseas to play in Poland, he may be in your in your program for four, five years. He may be helping your team consistently, getting better, making more progress every year. And that's the buzzsaw that I believe the boys in blue run into. Now, NC State, if they want to make the tournament, Ooh. they have to, going forward, ramp up the pressure on defense, number one, go back to the way that they were defending the beginning of season, number two, I mean, number one. But number two, figure it out in the half court. You cannot expect to turn over everybody in a moment. That's not how it works. The same thing that I said about the boys in blue, NC State will also run into it. If your reliance is on turning everybody over, turning everybody over, turning everybody over, you, what happens when you run into guards that don't turn the ball over? You're, you're just dead in the water.
0: You're in for a long night, yeah.
1: Exactly, because now you're in half court, you're playing a half court game, we don't have all the bigs in the world. We are not like y'all in that we have four, five, six McDonald's All-Americans who are 6'11 and who can jump out the gym. We don't have that. So we can't play a half-court game of chucking up bad shots and being like, ah, oh, it's all right. Our bigs will handle it. We, we don't have that. So we have to ramp the pressure up and we have to figure it out in half-court. Our perimeter ball handlers have to figure out a better way to get into the lane, to finish in the lane, or to properly dish in the lane. Our shooters are shooting. Mm-hmm. Our shooters, when they get open looks, that hasn't been a problem for State. It's the getting to the open look that's the problem. Because if you're driving and your man is staying in front of you the entire time and he's longer than you and they have a rim protector at the rim, who who else is going to rotate? Nobody. It it wouldn't make sense for somebody to leave a Thomas Allen, to leave a Braxton Beverly, to leave a Devin Davis, to leave a Jericho Hellos.
0: Okay, but you, t- you brought up a point about guys who are going to go play overseas or the four-year guys that stay in the leadership roles. Now, when I looked at Indiana-Iowa last night, Luka Garza gave us the business the first time we played each other. Mm-hmm. I was pretty much like, okay, I still didn't see what everybody saw. But then when Indiana molly walked Iowa last night, I'm like, thank you. I confirm that I don't think he's as good as everyone thinks. So I did my yesterday's episode. I took a look at the top five teams, and I'm like, okay, Texas is number five. We held our own. You know, we look at Baylor, we look at Gonzaga, we look at Villanova. I'm like, I think we could handle Villanova. I'm not sure about Gonzaga or Baylor. But when I say, can Carolina be in the conversation come March, possibly April, I do. I really do. I genuinely feel like if they have staple better wins, if they dominate teams like NC State, Carolina can carve out its own path and potentially be in the Final Four.
1: I, I, <sighs> y'all, you all can't see the face that I'm, I'm making right now, but I, y'all see why I called them the university that I, of, of what I did earlier. This woman is not well.
0: With the University of National Champion, This Champions.
1: woman is not well.
0: Yeah.
1: This, this woman is not what, who is your dealer? Who is the supplier? I am reporting them. You
0: don't think by the time to... March comes around, the end of March comes around, Carolina, who's showing promise, Caleb Love, who's dropping 20, RJ Davis dropping 16, can figure it out. They can't figure out a rhythm. They didn't even get time to really gel. I mean, you think about COVID this year. It's any To me personally, it's anybody's game, any given night, with everything we're going well, through. Well,
1: that's always the nature of the tournament. Sure,
0: but it's a whole different – I'm talking about regular season. So, like, strength of schedule, trying to get some solid wins in, you're going to have to have better guard play. And I think we're on our way there. So, you honestly can say to me, who would you say more, Carolina or NC State making it further in the tournament?
1: Well, obviously, I would say Carolina at this point because NC State is coming off of three straight losses. It would go against logic and reason to say, I expect NC State to play deeper into the tournament Than the boys in baby blue. And let me explain why. All of the problems that you all have, we have to a certain extent as well. The young guards, we have those as well. Young guards making mistakes. That's what they do. That's part of the game. That's part of figuring it out. The only thing that y'all have a problem with that we don't is shooting. That's it. That's it. Y'all could not throw a rock in the ocean from the beach.
0: The first but, time. But the second time, our second chance opportunity is because we have great offensive rebounding. You just never and that's
1: And that's what I'm saying. That, that kind of hides that and helps that out a little bit. But again, you're talking about against lesser opponents. Of course, that's going to help you out against a—who uh, was you all last game against? Was it Georgia Tech or— Wake Forest, of course, is going to help you against a Wake Forest. Wake Forest does not have quality bigs. When you get into the tournament, you're not going in the Elite Eight against somebody who has no quality bigs. That, that's just not going to happen. You're, you're So not you're saying they have, have, have
0: no quality bigs. bigs?
1: I didn't say you all have no quality bigs. I'm saying you benefited from a Wake Forest having no quality bigs. You all are, I want to say, four and two since we last played.
0: So you're saying going toe-to-toe against quality bigs Carolina can't stand.
1: Here's here's what I will say. Garza has been up and down and he's he's fluctuated in his play a little bit. There, these are still, at the end of the day, 18 to 22 year olds. They'll all be wrought with inconsistency. That's just part of the nature of the business. That's why March Madness is what it is. That's why we see a Loyola of Chicago make it to the Elite Eight one year and then disappear from the face of the earth. It's it's the nature of the business and who gets hot. If y'all get hot, sure, you can make the Final Four. If State gets hot, they can make the Final Four. But if I'm talking about in a world where it's not just about who gets hot, what they have shown me so far, do I expect them to make it that deep? Absolutely not.
0: (laughs) Okay, you heard it here first. We'll have to have a whole lock-on ACC-type episode come tournament time. We'll do a little roundtable discussion with the group. We'll see just how good or bad the Tar Heels or Wolfpack can be. But I really want to wrap up today's show by final score predictions for tomorrow's game. Again, make sure y'all catch that Saturday at 2 p.m. We'll both be live-tweeting from our respective accounts, so we'll be going back and forth at each other. should be a good time. Final score predictions. Kenton, what you got for me?
1: Well, this this is a loaded question for me because as I've said before, the health of NC State is what I believe will dictate how this game goes. The depth that NC State has or does not have will dictate how this game goes. But with that being said, I'm gonna go with best case scenario. Everybody is healthy except one or two players, and those one or two players are not named Braxton Beverly, or um, Manny Bates. If both of those guys play and everybody else does their thing and is healthy, I have NC State taking another close one, 80-76. to 76.
0: Okay, okay. See, my man, Angie Playtech had an off night last game. Leaky, Leaky Black had an off game. I think that they are going to have better moments because they do not want to lose twice to NC State. For their senior campaign.
1: Break out the sweep.
0: 86-74.
1: Break out the sweep. UNC. I, you know what? I'll tell you this. If NC State is down two or more key players, it could easily get away from us early. It could easily get away from us early. And the university of whatever two words you would want to throw C with will go ahead and, and roll in that game.
0: Perfect. Well, I appreciate you again for coming on. Please, you know, remind, as I remind people, they can go to Locked on Tar Heels at Locked on Heels on Twitter. Where can they find your work?
1: At LO underscore Wolfpack. That is where I'll be tweeting the game from and all that good stuff. You can also find me wherever you're listening to this podcast. Again, I appreciate every NC State fan for coming out. I appreciate every fan of the Boys in Blue for coming out. I don't care who you're a fan of. If you come out and listen to Locked on Wolfpack, I appreciate you. I'm thankful and eternally grateful for you.
0: Well, thank you guys for listening. Again, Locked on Podcast Network has all your favorite podcasts, all your favorite teams where you can hear them up to 30 minutes every single day. Be sure you check it out. We hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. Wear those masks. And as always, for me, go Heels and Ken, Go
1: Pack.